Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning. Your mom is so fat, when she wears heels, she strikes oil. <laughs> Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? We'll come back to basketball in just a bit, but I do want to spend some time on football here. There are a lot of questions with this wide receiver group, and Kenny Guyton was at the podium last night, as Keytron Jackson and Jaden Hazelwood were, and they were getting asked several different questions. And somehow, someway, Traylon Burks always inches back into the conversation. The alpha the Omega, the dude last year for this wide receiver core. And you bring in Hazelwood, you bring in Landers, you bring in true three true freshmen, two from Arkansas, one from Georgia, and they still need to figure out who's going to be the guys, who's going to be the starters for this year. And Kenny Guyton shared with us, they got to kind of have a scrimmage first before he starts to kind of foresee the shape or whatever. But I think a guy that's flown under the radar a little bit is Matt Lander, 6'5", started his career at Georgia. Pittman was there. Then is at Toledo this last year. And didn't really play at all at Georgia. Didn't see the field. So now he's at an SEC school coming over, and he has an opportunity. Here's what Guyton said about Matt Lander's last night and just kind of what he brings to the wide receiver room. It was just different when you got a guy that long, that tall, that fast, and can track the ball well, you know, and he's added to our room something different, you know, and um, and I actually think it's picked up other guys as well, you know, to say, hey, look look at that, you know, and he's jumped into it. He's, he's eager to learn every day, and, and he's getting better and better every day as he learns, know how we do things. Guys, I don't know about y'all. I think the wide receivers are starting to get fed up fielding questions about Traylon Burks. And I know when you have a guy of his caliber, it's hard to avoid talking about him. But I think it's starting to put a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, shoulder, Chuck. Well, yeah, I'm sure it does. And you're looking for something to motivate you at this point. Um, You know, to be perfectly honest about it, continuing to ask or even, you know, in a question and answer session, continuing to bring up, Traylon Burks' name, it's kind of a lazy question because, I mean, obviously, you know, Traylon Burks is not going to be there. And because of the fact that he was a generational talent, in my opinion, in the mode of McFadden, um, the idea that you're going to replace a guy like that with one individual, um, you know, you don't do that. That's what makes the other guy generational talent. Yeah. So, um, but I'm going to tell you, when I look at this group, there are lots of guys who are going to have opportunities to show out. Matt Landers is one of them. 
I mean, football is different now. I mean, guys start places, go other places. Sometimes it's it's about being in the right situation. Um, it's a lot harder, and I think coaches would probably tell you this much, much better than I could, but my observation has been it's a lot harder to bring a kid into a program, break him down, and rebuild him into the mold that you want him to be. And Sometimes guys have to go other places, and evidently Matt Landers did when he left Georgia and went to Toledo. But, you know, just like Warren Thompson, when he left Florida State and came here, looking for a new start, looking for a new beginning, just like Hazelwood uh, coming here. And that's kind of the nature of how it works now, particularly with skill players, because all of them, you know, they think they're going to the NFL. And so, um, but there's a good group there. I'm sure they are, you know, uh, they're probably tired of being asked about Traylon Burks, and I understand that. I also know that at this point in the – in the camp you're you're looking for just about anything to light a spark and 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 perhaps that does he won't be trailing burks but the closest you may have and and i agree chuck he's a trailing burks a generational talent but i'll be interested to see where isaiah satania is in november i don't expect that you know we didn't see Burks come out and set the world on fire. Now, the coaching situation was much different his freshman year than what uh, Satania is going to deal with. And Isaiah doesn't have the the size in the in the in the wingspan and the arms and all that, but he's got the speed, every bit of as much speed, maybe more than Burks. A year from now, we may be talking about Isaiah Satania in a much different way. And if there's one guy on this list right now for the future that I think could could fill part of that role that we're talking about in that void you're filling. It might be the young freshman who hadn't even played a game yet. Well, I mean, I can promise you right now in Fayetteville, everybody's nodding their head, yeah. saying he's exactly right. Um, you know, everybody that I know from Fayetteville that follows Fayetteville High School, that has followed Isaiah's career, they all say, oh, he's going to play. He's oh, yeah. going to play as a freshman. Absolutely. Um, he's going to help you as a freshman. He's a special player. I'm anxious to see him out there with the, you know, when the lights are on, when the, you know, when the money's on the table, so to speak. And uh, but everything that I've heard about him and what little we've, you know, I mean, we've seen a sample size so far. Let's be honest. We'll know a lot more when we get to the games. But he, um, he's one a lot of people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Speed is the ultimate equalizer. Even if you're not a hundred percent sure on every single play, every single audible, every single cadence, and every single direction you're supposed to go to. Isaiah has that element to his game that separates himself from almost every other player on the field. The track speed that we always refer to, well, he's going to participate in track as well. So now he only has the characteristic that's known as track speed. He's also going to be doing it. So when you have that coupled with the fact that he improved his ball skills so much as a senior, that is going to... almost force you even as a true freshman as long as he is is understanding Kendall Bryles playbook the chemistry between him and KJ Jefferson seems to grow it's almost going to force him on the field with all the talent that he's the number one player coming out of Arkansas well here's the thing though about freshmen I mean you're right all this stuff about you know we focus on the passing game and when he's got the ball in his hand speed all that stuff that's not what gets you on the field as a freshman you know, now, don't misunderstand me. You got to have that if you're going to get on the field as a freshman. But you know, Isaiah's got a block. 
Isaiah, when he's playing on special teams, has got to be a good special teams player. Um, there's a lot more to it than just running and catching and, and, and being the best athlete out there. Um, you know, there's speed and then there's football speed. They're two different things. And, um, you know, he certainly displayed great football speed as well as track speed. And, you know, we're going to be – I'm anxious to see if he can do it at the collegiate level. But um, there's going to be a lot of things other than just speed and athleticism that he's going to have to display before he's going to play significant snaps. But every indication is is that he's the type player that will be able to do that. Kid out of Royce City, Texas, Keytron Jackson, that was talking last night. By the way, if you haven't listened to those press conferences with Kenny Guyton, Keytron Jackson, Jaden Hazelwood, find it on hitthatline.com and our YouTube channel as well. The one thing I noticed about the true freshman last year is he blocked. He at, He's a little bigger than Isaiah. He's about 6'2", 6'3". He's got a little more pounds on him. But that guy was blocking every single running play and carving up a hole for Rocket, Dominique, Traylon or anyone else that was running the football. Tommy, that's an element that doesn't get talked about enough, just that the strength you have to have, because you think about corners and safeties, oh, they're not that big. SEC, they're big and physical. And especially when you go up against the likes of Alabama and LSU, you've got to be able to get in those shoulder pads and drive without holding. That's one thing I noticed about Keytron last year. Well, Chuck, you were talking about what will get you on the field as a freshman. What will keep you on the sideline as a freshman is a couple of things. Don't protect the ball. You know, fumble the football after you've got it. Secondly, miss a block. You know, you be the reason in the film session that that play that could have gone for 20 or 25 didn't go for a first down because you missed your block. It's all the little things that don't show up in the box score. That is a freshman, if you can get those blocks, if you can get off of the line of scrimmage, and when they're playing you know, press coverage up on the line and man-to-man, in the SEC, you're exactly right, Ty. They're physical. And can a young guy who hasn't had that extra two or three years in a weight room compared to a um, a corner that's coming up for the you know from Mississippi State or Alabama certainly or LSU that's you know that's thirty pounds heavier with good weight you know that's where the freshman's got to be able to to make that play I, that's why I don't expect a lot of that out of a young guy like Satania in September but I'm going to judge where he's kind of at in my opinion where he's at in November and I think well, a year from now he can be the guy where we're having these conversations about Chuck going into the year. Well, this is where coaching comes in too, and and sure, and right. they're you, you know they're they're around him every day. Uh, they know their strengths and weaknesses much better than we do. When you have a, a freshman, in this case, Satania, but there have been a lot of them over the years. I mean, you uh, um, you got to put them in situations that give them a chance to succeed. You don't put them in a situation and ask them to do something they're not ready to do. That may mean that they're not out there uh, all the time. Um, but, but, you know, hey, we're in the era where, you know, if you're a freshman and you can play and you can help the team, um, a guy like Satania, you know, the coordinator's going to find ways to utilize him. It may not, he may not be an every snap sort of guy, but uh, that doesn't mean that the snaps that he's out there on don't have a chance to be significant plays. Uh, and with his speed, that game-changing ability, it might only take a few, a handful. Some guys need a little more, 
but maybe it's just a, a handful of game, or as Tommy talked about, when it gets closer to November, the coaching staff has more trust in his blocking ability, where he's supposed to be at, that he's not going to make a true freshman mistake, because it's mightily difficult in the Southeastern Conference to have an impact as a true freshman. doesn't matter if you're a skill position, quarterback, line on either side of the football. It's just tough. So, Well, the- let me say this, though. I promise you, when Isaiah Satania runs on the field, everybody's going to be watching because mm-hmm. he's the kind of player that you know when he comes out there on the field. Those who've watched him know this, that you know when he's out there, Something's about to happen. He's not out there just for show. Uh, something's about to happen, and, um, you know, you hope something good happens. <laughs> Have you noticed what number he's wearing, too? One. No, 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 no. Hold on. Uh, I have. <laughs> Should I know three? No, that's Landry. No. 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 You've already brought his name up about five yeah. times this morning. Oh, yeah. is it Traylon Burks' number? Yeah, he's yeah. wearing 16. 16. Yeah. How yeah. about that? Hey. <laughs> You gotta be. Uh, you gotta have a little moxie about you to say as a freshman. Yeah, I'll wear his number. So is sixteen the new five for wide receivers? I mean, five was kind of a number as a running back. Well, does does this guy does he is he worthy of the number five in a running back? Is well, sixteen becoming that? That's the number you got to be worthy of we'll as a wide receiver. We'll find out, Chuck. Yeah. I guess. Well, you, you remember though, after McFadden, it was I think Tremaine Thomas on the defensive side. That's that correct. Wore number five. You don't oftentimes see a guy, and, and look, I don't know that that's what he's going to wear in the games. That's what he's listed as on uh, in the preseason roster. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't see it often with a with a receiver at the same spot, you know, a freshman saying, yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it. it's kind of like when those defensive linemen get those single-digit numbers. Yeah. They're probably pretty good if they're going to get well, one of those Well, you better numbers. be good. You, you better, better be, be good. <laughs> exactly right. You so better be if good you're gonna wear you're a lineman with a single digit. If you're going to wear 16 as a freshman at wide receiver, you better be ready to strap it on. And LSU, is. LSU doesn't do many things right outside of corn dogs. but one thing I do appreciate about that football program is there is such an honor and a privilege to wear number seven. You think about Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, and so many great corners. And so they almost have like – a ceremony of sorts where you have to earn wearing that number. And I think with number five, I know people have a little nostalgia when they see Rocket Sanders on a long run because it reminds them of Darren McFadden from 2005 to 2007. But I'm not in favor of retiring that number. I think we've talked about it because there's so little numbers out there. But I do think there should be a kind of a a waiting period that you can't wear that number until you've done enough at Arkansas on on the offensive side of the football. That's how I would do it. I don't know how. But what if you have a great freshman that comes in and says, yeah, I'll wear his number. Is he a five-star? Well, in this case, he's awfully good. Okay. Then I mean, it. if you got a kid that at 18 years old walks in the door and says, yeah, I'll wear his number. I mean, you got a kid that's ready to play. Confident. A confident kid, That's too. That's exactly right. You think, you, know. you think Rocket knew about Darren? Rocket is now 19 years old, I guess. Well, I mean, Rocket Boyd wore five, too. Yeah. I, I mean, they, uh, yeah, yeah, they know about McFadden. Just because we're, we're getting to a point now where, I mean, Tommy, that was in my middle school days. And so those, a lot of these kids... No, it's I mean, good. they're starting to get were they were they born? But I, but I think that's part of the recruiting process. I think I think if I'm recruiting a running back and 
and you're Jimmy Smith or you're Kendall Bryles and certainly Sam Pittman, that, you know, when you're walking, I don't know how if you're, you're doing a facilities tour, you can avoid, you know, the, the presence of Derek McFadden just being, being in the facilities. So, well, yeah, when you walk into it. that football building, there's a mannequin, couple of them out there uh, with Razorback uniforms on. There's always going to be one of them wearing number five. Mm-hmm. And that's that's because of D-back. And maybe 16 moving forward. Maybe so. Yeah, you, maybe you, so. You were talking about numbers earlier, you know, retiring or setting aside. I mean, you just look through this roster. There's two number zeros, two number ones, twos, threes, four. I mean, this, you know, Chuck, you know this better than anyone. I mean, there's a there's a, a duplicate number on both sides of the ball for I mean you got to go like into the 30s till you find one that's not pretty much. Oh yeah, so, well, and I mean, I mean, that's just every, the way it is. You know, every game you get a sheet of the players who you know the double number players and player. Some guy's gonna wear this number, but he's gonna put a different jersey on for special teams, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, that's just part of it. I I don't like the double numbers, but that's that's how it works now does did does he ever point out a defensive player when it's an offensive player or vice versa is that ever happened i remember my grandpa I, I haven't told you this chuck my grandpa yeah, actually was comment on that. <laughs> was, was the, i mean that's hard sometimes it's like a split second you're like this is a tackle or it's what you know like, oh it's 14 and then it's like there's two 14s or what i remember like Nathan Perotti in the Texas game came in and, and caught a punt, and they said Bryce Stevens, or that just happens sometimes. Because well, it's a split you've got to that, that's a lack of preparation there. I mean, you got to watch your video, and you got to you you know, candidly, you should know the difference between Nathan Perotti and Bryce Stevens, and and uh, um, you know, there's just situations where you uh, you know you got to prepare for that. That's yeah. just part of the deal now. So. All right, set, uh, six forty-eight here on the morning rush. Chuck, did you get to uh, did you get to watch any of the basketball? I know you've you've probably read everything there is to read. You, I did. What'd you think when I you saw it? Him? I bought it. Are you paid for it? I paid. Was for it worth it? it? Uh, <laughs> you know, it was. I was glad I got to see it. Let me just put it that way. It was a it was a two camera deal. They had a wide shot, and they had a camera that was close up. I thought Brett and Z did a good job under the circumstances, and. Um, you know, I enjoyed watching them. It wasn't much of a game, but, um, you know, there's three more. And so we'll see. I mean, it was, it was like playing a rec league team yesterday, but um, maybe some of the other ones will be better. This was um, – well, I mean, they had a tougher exhibition game with East Central last year than I think they had yesterday. So, I mean, it's, it's hard. I said earlier, it's hard to make any declarations coming well, out of this deal yesterday. There won't be, you know – Ty, I think you said earlier, not the, not the level of the SEC. This isn't going to be the level of any game Arkansas plays. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, the, uh, that team uh, won't be the level of any team that Arkansas plays, exhibition, regular, whatever. Um, but that's not what this is about. Um, that's, that's, that's not what this trip is about. I mean, you, you get a lot of extra practice time. You bond as a team. You work on combinations. You grow confidence on the floor. You know you're going to win the games in all probability. Um, but, you know, it was uh, – I'd do it again. I'd buy it again. And um, I, I, I reluctantly bought it. It wasn't perfect. I never got it on my TV or my iPad. I got it on my phone. But I have to tell you guys, I was driving down the road thinking, man, what a deal. Driving down I-49. I wasn't watching the game on my phone. When I was driving, I was listening on my phone. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, I'm sure. driving down I-49. Yeah, driving down I-49. I'm watching slash listening to a game on my wireless phone. 
that's being played in Spain while I'm driving down the road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't like paying 30 bucks for it, I'll admit. Well, you can, can, you can expense it. Just send that Hunter's way, and I think he'll take care of you. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to be expensing that one but uh, old Chuck here. Yeah. Can you imagine that, that everything you just said made me think. Can you imagine trying to explain that to your great-grandparents, um, you know, that this was the technology that was going to happen when, you know, they grew up in an era where there wasn't even TV back then. And just to, just to think about all the advances of what you just said, you're watching – a game halfway around the world on your wireless phone while driving your car. I mean, it's just it's hard to believe where we've advanced just in the last 20 years. They look at you like you're an alien yeah. if, you ask, if you told them that. Of course, you know, they were the one, they were the generation put the man on the moon, too. So That's exactly right. So uh, I was happy to just have basket. I mean, Chuck, I, I love Arkansas football and I love Arkansas basketball and baseball, but me is if I'd pick one, it would be basketball. So in August to have a basketball game, that was just special to be able to talk about this. And people actually want to talk about that, which I think is also important. Well, I mean, you know, people are excited about this basketball program. They're excited for them to start playing games for real. And I, you know, I will tell you that, you know, Mus's biggest challenge is going to be having to, you know, figure out when to play all these guys and what the right combination is going to be. But I'm going to tell you, he's got some studs to pick from. This reminds me, and I don't know that it's going to happen, but when I watched them yesterday, I thought about that team from 93 and 94. Um, This is that kind of team. You don't know that that it's going to happen, and you got to get some breaks along the way. But, man, we've never had a team, ever had a team with this much talent. They, uh, the fact that they've sold out season tickets two and a half months before the season begins, there's people that are watching basketball in August. But there's not many fan bases out there that would spend this much time talking about this basketball program. You mentioned the comparison. The biggest comparison to me is the number one player on your team is also the number one player in his class, Nick Smith Jr. and Corliss Williamson. Now, they both play different positions, and Corliss has his track record two national championship appearances, one win. He's got that. Nick's expected to just be a one-and-done guy. But I'll tell you what, we talk about legacy all the time. If you're a one-and-done player nowadays and your first year you come in and you get this team to a Final Four, you get this team to a national championship, I know people love to see guys that stay around three or four years, but that is an instantaneous legacy that Nick Smith Jr. could have this year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's believe b-l-e-a-v 50 that's believe b-l-e-a-v 5-0 bet online where the game starts you're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hogs! 108-59, the final. 
Your Arkansas Razorback basketball team defeats Valencia yesterday. Now, their Barcelona wins that next game, Tommy? Thursday, tomorrow. Thursday. Okay. Tomorrow. All around lunchtime, guys, which is nice for some, not nice for others, depending on when you can get it. So, based on this game today, you think more people, when they're hearing about it, maybe they didn't watch it, maybe they didn't buy it yesterday, maybe they didn't pirate it or bootleg it. I think more people are going to watch this game tomorrow based on what they've heard, not just this morning, but from their friends and family. Well, I, I can just judge based on the text we've received here to the Morning Rush, and we haven't read a lot of them, but just our conversation about Nick Smith and this basketball team is getting reaction. I think, Chuck, I think people are excited. Uh, football season is 24 days away, but I think there's a lot of people uh, excited about when basketball gets here. And, oh, uh, yeah, I think no there will be more people that will – you know, go in to watch these last three games, uh, particularly because they're going to have a little more, little more time to do that. Uh, maybe on a uh, a day later in the week than they did yesterday. Well, I think they will. Yeah. I think there'll be more people pay attention. Yep. You know, and again, I, and and I realize that you know sometimes my reference points go back a little bit further, but um, it was this way in the '90s. It was this way when basketball was at its zenith. Uh, now, football wasn't as good then, uh, but you know, people were talking about basketball in July and August, and they are now, and they should be. This is uh, this is a program right now that, I mean, this is right where you want it to be, and there's just a lot of things to be, if you're a Razorback fan, a lot of things to be hopeful about. Since joining the SEC 30 years ago, there's been very few, if any, times until now that basketball and football have both been good at the same time. Now, you can point back to the 70s when they were elite at the same time. But uh, since since joining the SEC, guys, there just hasn't been a lot of times where you could really enjoy both sports. It seemed like when one was up, the other was down, and right now you got both on the right trend line. And neither really is anybody else in our league. There's only a handful of teams in our league that basketball is really important, or a handful of schools where basketball is really important, and we're one of them. Um but, you know, you look at our conference, you look at, you know, a lot of conferences, a lot of times the team's good in one, not good in the other. It takes is money. I, the bottom line is it takes money to keep your program at the highest level. Obviously, you got to have players, but you got to have that budget. And I think at Arkansas right now, this is, um, you know, I'm not saying that the money's flowing endlessly because it's not, but... Um, that ledger looks pretty good right now, and that gives you a chance to be good at a lot of things. I don't remember the outlet that releases these facts and figures, but Arkansas is only one of like 20 schools that is profitable in football, basketball, and baseball. That's not easy to do, and that's nope. a credit to you as a fan base because you have such a passion, not just for the three major sports, but others. We saw what Bogle Park looked like this year. We saw Razorback Stadium for for Coach Hale and them, I mean, if you're good, Arkansas fans will support you, and they've done that to this point. And hard season sellouts in two of those three. Mm-hmm. I mean, baseball and basketball, season tickets are sold out. Traylon Burks is currently the favorite right now to have the most receiving yards of any rookie on DraftKings. Now, he was getting a lot of flack for the asthma stuff and apparently the conditioning, and now he's really started to stand up and stand out during training camp and he's in a situation coming over after AJ Brown that we've talked about that there's a lot expected about him but guys I don't think it's a bad bet I mean you look at they lost Julio Jones as well in the offseason I think Traylon's going to get a lot of balls thrown to him this year as a rookie 
Traylon's going to have a chance to be a great player and play for a long time if his health holds up. That's always the caveat when you're talking about football. But if he can stay healthy, uh, Traylon Burks is a ball player. I don't care what level you put him at from the time he's six years old till the time his body just gives out. Um, Traylon Burks will be arguably the best player on the field and certainly the best athlete on the field. He's going to be fine there. He's going to learn the game. His athletic ability, once he learns the game, is going to allow him to do things that other guys just can't do. You know, people talk about a lot of stupid stuff in May and June and July at these OTAs. And, um, you know, I don't think anybody who's ever watched Traylon Burks has looked at him and said, man, that guy's a little bit out of condition. I, I, I don't think one single player's done that, and I promise you, when that guy at Alabama was looking at his butt while he was running away from him down there in Tuscaloosa last year, he wasn't thinking to himself, man, that guy's out of shape. Um, Which one? There's four of them, Chuck. Well, you know, pick a pick a, pick an Alabama defensive back. My point is, is that was a silly conversation. Traylon Burks, I don't know if he's going to be an all-pro or not, but it isn't going to be because he's out of shape no. if he's not. All right, last thing here in our hog update. Luke Fickle was on Sports Center yesterday with Matt Barry. Here was him talking about Arkansas and that game in 24 days. Luke Fickle joining us now, fresh off the practice field. Team's first practice, walked off the field, came to talk to us. Coach, here we go. Week one, Arkansas. I'd imagine that was a pretty easy attention grabber for your team today. Man, there's no doubt. People always ask, they said, did you guys, uh, when did you schedule that? So that was probably scheduled about four or five years ago, but it's awesome. You know, I mean, obviously the last two SEC teams we played, it hasn't been as good, so I think... Uh, for us and our guys in this entire program, they uh, they know what uh, what to expect. It's an attention grabber. It's not just an attention grabber for Cincinnati. It's an attention really? grabber for Arkansas. The coaches' poll came out, Chuck. Cincinnati one spot above the Razorbacks. Well, the one thing Arkansas has got to keep in mind here, and when he's talking about, you know, he talked about playing the SEC. When a team that is a non-Power 5 particularly, but any other conference really, they all act like they're playing Alabama. And when they beat you, they act like they've beaten Alabama. So, you know, when you hear Fickle say things like that, you have to understand these schools playing an SEC school, it's a really big deal. They could beat the last place team in the SEC and it'd be on the cover of their media guide because we beat an SEC team. I'm not saying Cincinnati falls in that group, but a lot of schools outside the Power Five do. Um, they're coming south to play an SEC school, and I promise you they'll be motivated. I'm not saying they're not going to be a shell of what they were, given what they lost. It may turn out to be that way. But they're coming to play the whole conference, and Arkansas has got to be aware of that, and I'm sure they will be. That's going to do it for your Hog Update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888-8-SPARKY. You guys ever been late to your own show? Had an issue? Car? Rack? Here I had a fender mid- bender years ago. I had a fender bender years ago that night, you know, that in the 90s that delayed me by about 10 minutes. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. 
from financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next with zero carbs. The crowd's into it. They just threw him out of the game. They just threw him out of the game. He's gotten his second technical and he's been thrown out of the ball game. What did you think of the basketball team yesterday? Now, Chuck, I'm going to do you a favor. Go and book your flight to Houston. That's where they're going to end up in March. Get some airline miles because that's where you're going to be Coming up in about, what is that, six months or so? I'm helping you out. Early April, yeah. Don't mark anything on your calendar late March, early yeah. April, because you'll be working then, man. Well, I've got it blocked out. I mean, I I, I appreciate that, but uh, <laughs> I got it blocked out. You mean you, it wasn't the first time you thought of that, Chuck? No, I think they're going to be really good. I, I said this in the last hour, and I uh, this is what I thought yesterday watching them. That you know, I had the same feeling I had when I watched the 93-94 team early on. Um, you know, this is a team that could really, really be special. And I think this team really could. I mean, we've talked about four or five guys already, and, and there's four or five more we can talk about too. And they're going to come at you in, uh, um, just with a talent level we've not seen in a long time, maybe ever. Tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, Chuck. The real battles for playing time and starting roles are going to be on the front line. I, I, Nick Smith and Anthony Black – Seem to have the, like the one and the two. Just I mean, I, I don't see anyone else starting there. I mean, I think the interesting things that will come out of October and the in the early season practices, and not necessarily this international trip, is who's going to be the front line guys. Well, they've got a lot of candidates there too. Yeah, and, deep there. You know, that's the thing that I think that when you look at the last couple of seasons, and I think it's what led to just very frankly a reevaluation of what this team needed to look like. Um, the same thing happened in both the, both the seasons. Uh, you ran into a Baylor team that was better. You ran into a Duke team that was better. And one of the areas in which they were better was defending and playing above the rim. Arkansas, if you really analyze their defense from a year ago, they did a lot of defending below the rim. They took charges. Uh, they did a lot of things that, um, uh, you know, were good. But when it came time to compete with Baylor and Duke, they just weren't long enough, tall enough, had the ability to play above the rim, physical enough inside. Um, I mean, Banchero looks like he's about 14, and he pushed us around in there quite a bit. So I think that, you know, when you reevaluate and ask yourself what you had to do, if you were going to take the next step, you know, get to the Final Four and have a chance to win it all, being able to defend above the rim was uh, priority one. And I think when you look at this team now, there are lots of candidates there. Uh, they got some men down there, uh, you know, to, to quote Larry Johnson from years ago. Uh, <laughs> nobody's going to look at Muss and say, you better go get yourself some men because we got some down there. Yeah, you think about adding the Mitchell twins, Jalen Graham, Trevin Brazil, and us, I mean, you've seen a few blocks and stuff in, in practice. I thought Brazil was impressive yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, uh, transfer from Missouri. And, you know, Graham's transfer from Arizona State and with all these great players that we bring up all the time, nobody ever mentions his name. 
This is the first time I'll bet we've ever talked about Jalen Graham on this show. But I, I, you know, he's a good player. He, he was impressive yesterday. Kid from Wichita State, Council. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's going to play a lot. He's a man. I mean, that's a man right there. So um, I think we're going to be a much different team on the front line. I told Tommy that's going to be my favorite player to watch this year, not just because of his athleticism, but I think he's going to make Nick work in practice every single day just because as a as an older guy, you, you have that sense about you. And there are a lot of different players. I think, you know how sometimes there's a team and everyone has that favorite player? I think a lot of people, if they get their opportunity, are going to have several different players on this basketball team. And you mentioned Brazil. I want to play this highlight from Brett Dolan yesterday, Chuck, because I think he almost came out of his chair when uh, he had this dunk. Or by making free throws, that type of thing. But uh, they've not exactly threes against the zone here. Out and running, my goodness! I thought Brett was going <laughs> to jump out of his chair when, he, when Trevin had that dunk. Trevin had a great block in that game. He also had two really good dunks. Jordan Walsh had him on a basket cut, and then also he had a breakaway where he just jumped out of the gym and threw it down one-handed. This team had 17 dunks yesterday, Chuck. And you're going to see, I don't know if you'll see that consistently in games this year, but you're going to see a lot of Sports Center top 10s. Well, you're going to see yeah. a lot of highlight reel plays from this basketball team. I thought yesterday, I, and again, there's no disrespect, but I mean, it was like playing a rec league team at times yesterday. I, I don't put much stock in 17 dunks, to be perfectly honest with you. When I look at a guy like Brazil, I'll go back to what we talked about a minute ago. you got to defend above the rim. Um, that was one of the areas last year that you know kept him from getting to the Final Four. He's that kind of guy. I mean, he's long to begin with. He can jump. He's got basketball instincts defensively. You're not going to see Brazil be a big offensive weapon, I don't think. But that's not what he's been brought in here to do. they got plenty of offensive weapons. The challenge is going to be playing with one basketball in terms of their offensive weapons. But um, you got to have a guy like that help you defend above the rim, and I think he can do that. I think he can too. Now, Chuck, you mentioned that you paid for it. Tommy and I... We pirated we it. We bootlegged we it. We bootlegged yeah. it. We got on that. I wonder how many fans out there, when they, and I don't know if they'll ever release this, ended up buying the 2999. By the way, there is a back door, and this is not the annual 150 smacks you have to pay. There's a back door, $12.50. Uh, Andrew Hutchinson with Best of Arkansas Sports detailed how to do it. And if you want to take advantage and save, what is that, 1750 you can do it that way. But, there were, I, I will say this, I thought it was going to be an absolute disaster from a production standpoint. It wasn't the cleanest broadcast ever, but it wasn't horrible either. Well, it, you know, it was really primitive. I, I mean, it was primitive. They had two cameras. They had a wide shot, and then they had another camera that would zoom into the benches from uh, time to time, and there weren't any replays. Um, obviously, you know, Brett and Matt, who I thought, under the circumstances, really did a good job. I mean, a really good job. You know, they're back in Fayetteville, and um, it, it, you know, it, it was it was not. You know, they're not going to win any awards for their production. Um, you know, I had a little trouble getting it on my. Well, I had a lot of trouble getting it on my television, my iPad, but I got it on my phone and I watched it. I enjoyed watching it. I did not like the fact I had to pay twenty nine ninety nine to do it, and I, you know, hey. 
that's complicated enough for me trying to backdoor it and pirate it and all that I, uh, all i'd end up doing is blowing up my phone but um hey we got some talent i mean there's some players out there now and i don't care who you're playing that was certainly on display best thing that happened yesterday was the fact this team i the team they were playing they 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 went with a zone a lot defensively um, I, I think with a college team, particularly with an athletic team, sometimes playing against the zone is your biggest challenge. And so even though, again, it, it, you know, they're not as good as any team Arkansas is going to play in the regular season, um, I thought that was one thing that came out of the game that was good. I know it's been one rec league-type opponent, one game, so in a couple of practices we've seen to this point. But when you think about Nick Smith and then you think about some of the recent young players that have done great, Moses Moody, Isaiah Joe would be – you know, two that would come right to mind. Where do you think we can potentially be placing Nick in that conversation? Just with those three, I don't think it's fair at this point to you know compare him to to the all time greats of the program. But recent contemporaries, what what's his potential? You th- you you, th- you think um, for this guy in, in what should be a a single season at Arkansas? Well, if if you're asking what his potential is, he's you know, and where we're going to put him on the list. He's got a chance to be the first Razorback taken number one in the draft. That's that's that's, uh, that's the first thing right there. And uh, um, now, obviously, for him to do that, he's got to have a great season this year. Um, you know, I remember when Anthony Edwards was at Georgia, and you know everybody knew he was going to be a you know top five pick. And I mean, he was good, but he was playing on a bad team. The difference is, you know, Nick Smith's playing on a great team, and so um, you know he's going to have an opportunity to. To, to, to showcase what he can do with lots of talent around him, which was ultimately, you know, what you'll be doing in the NBA. And um, I think he's got a chance to be right at the top of the list. I think when you look at where the NBA is with a guard-oriented league, if you would ask the same question, early 2000s, 90s, 80s, I think you might have received a different answer. But because it's such a guard-oriented league and his ceiling could be, as Chuck said, a number one draft pick, I think you have to go Nick Smith Jr. Now, Moses has done it. Isaiah, you're hoping, continues to have success and, and get in that Philadelphia 76ers rotation, as with Moses and Golden State. They've had good college success. Nick, Let me still- say this. Moses had a basketball IQ that was uncommon from the first time he stepped on the floor. Um, I think Moses Moody one of the best players we've ever had i'd put him in the top i'd certainly put him in the top 10 and i'm talking about over my lifetime i'd put him in the top 10 you're talking moncrief you're talking brewer I, you're yeah, talking I, yeah. I, i'm talking the list yeah, all right. um you know I, I would i would i would put moses in the top 10 i think he's that good we just only saw him for one year uh, but you know this is a guy that played significant minutes on an NBA championship team, what is he, 19? Is he 20 yet? 19 um, or 20, yeah. All right. Youngest youngest guy to do it, basically, is what I'm saying. And um, I think that Nick Smith, if he can display that type of basketball acumen, and I believe he's got it. I believe there's every shred of evidence indicates he's got it. Um I think that we'll mention him in the same breath, and I think we'll be talking about him long after he's gone. And that's the comparison I was kind of, you know, looking for driving it because I don't think it's fair to compare 
Nick Smith at this point to what he can be to Sidney Moncrief. I mean, it's, it's a different basketball world, but Arkansas has been blessed to have a couple of players that have been, you know, short timers at Arkansas because their talent was that good. I think he's going to be the next one in that line. I guess what I, I was probably asking in too long a way is, is this guy better than Moses Moody? And, you know, we got a long ways to find out, but that's going to be the comparison I think we'll all draw when it's over, and that's a pretty high bar right there uh, with Moses Moody. I think he can be as good as Moses yeah. Moody. I'm not ready to say he's going to be better than Moses, and that's a compliment to Moses. Absolutely. That's nothing against Nick Smith Jr. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just it's a high standard here that um, – that I think Nick Smith has, has dominated. I, I go back to the McDonald's All-American games, the Team USA games. He's the number one player in his class coming out. He's not your normal freshman, obviously. So I, I, I'm interested to see how this unfolds you know, over the next six or so months. And I think they both played on some really good teams. Moses comes in with three other four-star freshmen, all-in state. Nick comes in with... Two other five-stars, three other four-star, uh, two of which hail from the state of Arkansas. And as Chuck just addressed, this is a really good basketball team. He's not being asked to 100%, hey, you got to do Mason Jones and score 25 a night. He's going to have some options. This team is going to be a team-oriented basketball team because there are so many weapons. And for Nick Smith, that's going to make, I would think, his expectations and job easier because – all of that is not being placed on the shoulders of him as a true freshman. And yes, he did have great success in the McDonald's All-American practices and the Team USA stuff. Anything that he's really been a part of that has that, as you refer to, an all-star sense, he has been able to stand out and be looked at by guys and gals that are there and say, man, this guy is killing it. I want to s- Go ahead. Go ahead. Chuck. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, no, no real ahead. quick. I want to see. He's going to have a rut. He's going to have a wall. Every freshman does. Every player does, for that matter. How long is it, and how quick is he able to get out of it? That's what I want to know about Nick Smith Jr. Well, I mean, every player is going to go through a rut. But but here's the, here's the thing about Smith. You're right. He's not going to be called upon to score 25 points a game. But when the game's on the line, the ball is going to be in his hands. Just like when the game was on the line, the ball went to Moses. You know, he was always option one. And um, Nick Smith, no, he's not going to have to score 25 a game. That team wasn't as good as this team. If you've got one guy that has to score 25 points a game, you're not going to the Final Four. You're, you're just not. If, if, if he has to score 25 for you to win the ball game, you're, you're, you're just not going to go that far. But um, when the money's on the line and the game's on the line, Nick Smith Jr. is going to have the basketball. You can bet on that. 877-377-6963. If you want to jump in on not just basketball, we'll talk some football coming up as well. Uh, Just kind of seeing what this basketball team is after we got a chance to watch them in Valencia yesterday. Yeah, let me tell you about our friends at APAC Arcola and Standard Materials Group. I'm at their website right now, jobs.crh.com, and you can find jobs with CRH and APAC Arcola practically all over the world. But there's 31 jobs or 31 openings right now in northwest Arkansas, whether it's ready-mix drivers at the Springdale plant that – it comes with a $1,500 sign-on bonus or or whether you want to look at uh, over in Tawny Town, at, at one of their facilities there. They need a portable crusher four-person uh, for quarry maintenance, working at nights, 
uh, with a great sign-on bonus as well. So lots of opportunities, 31 openings just in northwest Arkansas alone that they'd like to, to find some great candidates for today in, in Yellville uh, and also in Harrison in that area, multiple openings there, Fort Smith as well. So go to jobs.crh.com. This is a great company with great pay, a great sign-on bonus, benefits, 401k retirement profit sharing this is the opportunity you've been looking for again jobs.crh.com that's jobs.crh.com apac arcola and standard materials group are equal opportunity employers we'll come back to basketball in just a bit but we are in fall camp pads start tomorrow i know you're excited to hear about the scrimmage this saturday and i know that kenny guyton and his group the wide receivers are excited to get back on the field. And he got asked yesterday about the rotations, starters, what that looks like. And he wants to see a scrimmage. So do I. Can't get to see it. Not open to the media on Saturday. But I think what is a big talking point in this football team in that group is Malik Hornsby. And Malik is doing the quarterback room. He's doing the second team reps at quarterback. So... He's not getting the same number of stuff that the typical wide receivers are. How is he going to be able to react and respond to that? Here is what Coach had to say. Coach Guyton had to say about Malik Hornsby. He's different out there, you know. So he's a guy that we want to throw him out there, be smart about it all, and let him go get a chance to affect the game, you know, because he has that ability of whatever he's doing out there. With his quarterback, wide eye split out, wherever it is. I mean, he's got a chance to affect the game in a positive way, and so we want to give him that chance. Chuck, I like how he said that, affect the game. We've seen KJ affect the game from a safety linebacker. They don't know where to go standpoint. Malik could be that exact same way for this team this year. I think he will be. You know, I I think he's the kind of guy that, again, when he comes on the field, you know something's about to happen. He's not out there just for show. Uh, There's going to be a plan to get the ball in his hands uh, the majority of the time. And, And, yeah, I think he can be that kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine the, uh, the salivation that, that Kendall Bryles has had thinking about double passes and, and things you can you can do with Malik Hornsby. There will be some wrinkles and tricks, but at the end of the day, he's got to be able to move the ball and get you a first down. And whether that's a bubble screen behind the line of scrimmage and you get the blocking and, and, and he utilizes that speed to get you nine yards when you needed eight, that's what, that's what you need him to do. And uh, he's got to be able to get into open field. We, we saw it in the, in the bowl game against Penn State. Chuck, when this guy gets free, he's dangerous. Well, that's the point. You've got to get him into the open field, and and that's 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 what they're going to do. They're going to try to design plays for him to utilize his breakaway speed, and that's that's his greatest weapon. Uh, we can talk about throwing and you know reading defenses and all that stuff's important if you're playing quarterback, you know. But um, his biggest weapon is his speed. And that's going to come in positions or at positions other than quarterback, I think, a good bit of the time. Tommy, I don't know. I think throwing Chuck out there in a, in a wide receiver position in the <laughs> slot, there, there's some speed out there, too, yeah. if we put him. I would go uncovered. You'd have 11 <laughs> on 10 at that point. You'd, you know, they wouldn't, wouldn't even, even be put a decoy. Guy, <laughs> nah, they wouldn't even put a guy on me. <laughs> just leave. It's like when the, the quarterback uh, motions out wide and no one goes with him. He just kind of sits out there. He, he'd motion me out <laughs> wide, and I'd get to the edge of the field, and he'd say, further. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Well, um, we'd be, we'd get out that far. I, we'd just be tired. We wouldn't. Yeah. That, that motion would wear yeah, us out. We wouldn't even be able to cut up field at that hot point. Route, but, hot route, hot but route. I guarantee you when Hornsby uh, goes in motion, there's going to be so 
someone going with well, him. Or they're going to they're going to change. They're going to switch off. Someone's going to be with him. I there's promise. There's going to be some GA <laughs> up there in that press box. They're going to know every move Malik makes on the sidelines, and uh, they're going to they're going to pay attention to him. He's he's that kind of player. So let me ask you this: We talked about Isaiah Satania earlier, and now we're talking about Malik. Two speedsters. One guy's played the wide receiver position for a while. Malik's going to try it this year. Who do you think man, fans are more intrigued to watch? Or, and who do you think has more expectations? A true freshman out of Fayetteville High School, the number one player in the state, or the kid that you've seen in glimpses and that can absolutely fly? Who do you think fans expect more out of than that position group that this year? Oh, if, if you're saying between those two, I'd say probably Hornsby because they've seen him. Uh, no you know, quality. Yeah, I, I mean, they've, they've seen him, and they've seen him break away. They've seen him score. And, um I think, you know, there's there's probably the expectation that he's going to do that some more. And I think for those who have seen Isaiah Satania play as a high schooler, um, they'll all tell you he's going to be a great player. Every single one of them will. And I believe he will be too. Uh, but I think there's a greater, you know, if you were going to compare just those two, I, I think there's probably more expectation for Hornsby. But I, I don't think it's like pressure expectation. I think it's only because we've seen him. Yeah. And, you know, with Satania, I don't want to put too much into him, but I think it's really November before you know what you really have. I mean, now, if he comes out and catches three touchdowns against Cincinnati, the, conver- the conversation changes, and probably the expectations are, are, are uh, unrealistic at that point. But I don't think that's going to happen either. I'm just interested to see how much trust they have and how much trust KJ has in him as the season unfolds. By November, you ought to know where he's at because the old adages are no longer freshmen at that point. I want to see how he matures as a player because I think he's, you know, in your solid top three by by the time you get around to playing your last three or four games. Chuck, here's what stands out to me. K.J. Jefferson had the best deep ball of any quarterback in this league last year, and now they've added speed onto that. You lose Burks, but you've added more deep threats, I think. I think that Arkansas and Kendall Browse can take advantage of that. Well, I hope so. You know, you hope so. You've got to do a lot of things to make that play work. Yep. And um, it's it's not just throwing a nice deep ball and having a fast wide receiver. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that play. And so, but yeah, I mean, KJ throws a great deep ball. I, and, and, and when he lays it out there and it's tight and that guy runs under it, that's about as pretty a play as you'll see in football. And I think they'll do that so. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. 
I'm here where I belong. I feel like I'm way more appreciated here, and the coaches put me in more positions to contribute. And that's no shade on anybody. This year is going to be great, not just for me, just for the whole team, especially the offense. I know people keep bringing up Burks and whatnot. I mean, he was a great player, but it don't stop there. Chuck, I look at this season. The wide receivers, you've heard the phrase, the world is your oyster. They have the entire season in front of them. Because I don't think there's really any position in that group that is locked down. There's no chance this guy leaves the starting lineup. Is that how you kind of look at it this year? Oh, I think it's a wide open field, yeah. But I think they're all good. That's the thing. I think there's, uh, you know, you look at the depth chart. I mean, you know, you got Landers. And, I mean, we we, we talked about Bryce Stevens last year a good bit at the end, a kid from Oklahoma City. I mean, there's there's a lot of players there, Satania, and then Hazelwood and Thompson and Keetron Jackson. I mean, there's there's a lot of candidates. Jaden Wilson's a guy that played some last year. So, um, and, and, you know, Quincy McAdoo's a player that, has a lot of problems. There's just a lot of guys. I'm 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 even leaving names out. So um, I think there's going to be people emerge. There's too many good players in that room uh, for somebody not to emerge. And and you've got a lot of you know you got a lot of candidates. You mentioned Keetron Jackson's name a little bit earlier. Um, Hazelwood's got good size. Um, I think both those guys are going to have a chance to play right away. You talk about Warren Thompson too. Warren Thompson too. Yeah, he's the one guy that's coming back last year that was in that top five of receiving yards. And when we talk about football, we talk about leadership, right? That's something that's an element that's much needed. Coach Guyton was talking about that yesterday a little bit, and and who's kind of standing out those two leaders, one being Jaden Hazelwood and the other being Warren Thompson. And they go about it different ways, Tommy. And here's what Coach Guyton had to say when it comes to discussing just how these guys lead that group. Oh, yeah. I mean, number one by far would be it'd be Jaden Hazelwood. I mean, he stepped in, an older guy that's played some ball, seen it at another place, another conference and things. He steps in and, and a really, really smart guy who understands what's going on around him, and he steps up. He steps up and he talks. You know, he talks. So he's able to lead guys on. I do think Warren Thompson is a leader guy. I mean, he's not a big talker. He's going to lead by example. You know, he will help the young guys as much as he can. I mean, he's not a raw, raw guy. You know, he's not that, but he is a guy that's going to go out there and and uh, lead by example, show guys how it's done. So I'm very proud of where he's at right now. We saw KJ expand his talking role from last year to this year, and that room is searching for leaders, I would think, because there's so many that departed from last year. So whether it's leading by example or talking about it, that's what Coach Guidance wanted out of this group. And you touched on where I was going to go with this, that it's probably – ripe for a transfer player who's a, a, a bit of an upperclassman and as a junior in a transfer for Hazelwood to step into that role because you just heard Coach Guyton say Warren Thompson's not a vocal guy, but you got so many young players, a freshman in Satanga. You've got a transfer player in Matt Landers. McAdoo's a freshman. Uh, Mbake's a freshman. So, so many new faces that are in that room. Well, they don't have that continuity or that, that that North Star from last year that, hey, here's the guy I listened to. If they were here last year, it was probably Burke. So, Chuck, I think it is a good time, even for a guy that wasn't on this roster last year, that can be the vocal leader of that group. Well, you need a mix. There's no doubt about it. You need some guys that are vocal, and then you need some guys that just saw their logs every day and uh, go about doing their work. And, and um, you need both those kinds of players at that position. But here's the thing. 
Um, we can talk about being vocal or quiet or by example. We can start talking about anything we want. You've got to perform on the field to be a leader. Um, that's that's where leader, you know that's the leadership right there. Um, you can say anything you want in practice. You can be a great rah rah guy. You can give the best speech in the history of speeches, but you've got to perform on the field if you're going to be a leader, a real leader. They've got to know that you can back up everything you say. Uh, you know, Traylon was not a guy that you know. I don't think Traylon led the locker room speech. I don't think he was that kind of guy. But I promise you, he's the guy everybody turned to because they knew he could win them the football game. And he didn't need to. That's kind of that it lead by example. Some guys, and some guys are vocal and they're one of the best players on the field. Some guys are less talkative, but you know what you're going to get out of them. Traylon was kind of that ladder of the category. And I just think when it comes to this offense, you have a lot of pieces right now that look like it's going to explode. Kendall Bryles in year three. We've talked about the starting quarterback, how he's never had that. He's got that coming back. And just, yes, you have new guys coming over at the wide receiver position, but the continuity you hope will really reflect in this offense last year because they went off in a running attack last year. I think you might see some more balance this year, both throwing and running the football. Well, and I made this point last week, and I think it's going to be true for the for the course of the season, and particularly how you set up the season, this this passing game is going to go quicker if the running game is good and the defense is trying to adjust and load up the box and leave some room for that passing. I mean, I think last year the you know the threat of Traylon Burks helped the running game get going at times. So if you can go out against Cincinnati and you you can establish being able to move the chains by handing it off to your three running backs and, and KJ Jefferson. Uh, you know, really making the right reads and calls, Chuck, on this RPO, I think that's going to do nothing but help these wide receivers get the space they need. See, I don't, I don't worry about these things. I don't worry about whether or not a receiver is going to emerge. I don't worry about whether or not KJ is going to be a more vocal leader. I don't worry about any of that. I think this offense is going to be good, and I think they're going to score points. I'll tell you what I think about. I'm not going to say I worry about. I think about situational football. Coach Pittman talked about that earlier this week. I think it's been the key point of the week. I think it's going to be the key for this team this year. They're going to be good offensively. They've got the potential to score 30, 35 a game. But when it's third and two, you got to make it. Um, they were very good at that last year. I think they'll be good at it again this year. But those are the things that I look at. Situational football, turnover margin. Yes. Penalties situational penalties. This is a veteran team. This is a team with a lot of weapons. Again, I think we can talk until we're blue in the face about who's going to emerge at receiver. I promise you, one or two of them are going to. I promise you that. And uh, this this is going to be a moot conversation by the time we get to week three or week four, maybe, maybe even before then. But I think when you deal with a team like this that has so much promise and so much ability on offense – it does come down to three or four or five situations a game. And by avoiding turnovers and by avoiding penalties, you put yourself in those situations to make those plays. That was the difference between year one and year two. And if this team reaches its potential this year, it's going to play a huge role in year three. Um, 
those are the things I think about. I can't speak for everybody, but those are the things I think about. You talk about situational football. I know Phil broke it down on halftime earlier this week. The one-score games in year one or Pittman, year two, they're going to have a lot of ones. Any any pushback? They're going to have no, a I lot mean, of coach, one. Coach said that earlier this week. We're going to be in a lot of tight a games lot of this tight week. Every game. year you are. Yeah, Every yeah. year you are if you're any good. And you would assume, based on how they grew in that area last year, and they got the same quarterback, yeah. that they're going to have success. You talk about situational football. There's going to be situational two-minute drill drives. K.J. Jefferson had a lot of success in those. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, where he was presented with 75, 80 yards of field. Hey, you got to score two minutes or less. Go. He did that. So that, to me, is a point where with the expectation they're going to have a lot of close games because of how the competition sets up, that you should be very – when it comes to those one-score ball games, mm-hmm. you can end up on the high side on a lot of those like you did last year. But another thing Chuck's talking about here is you can't have it first and goal at the eight and then one of your left tackle or, or Dalton Wagner on the right side, false start, and now it's first and goal at the 13. You can't have a holding call that kills a score. I mean, those are the situational things I think you're driving at here, Chuck, that get lost sometimes or get forgotten about. Even in a second or early third quarter situation, they come back to haunt you. Those are the discipline things, pre-snap penalties that put you behind the chains that that this team has to avoid to to get anywhere close to eight or nine wins. You know, some are talking ten. I'm I'm just trying to figure out how to get back to last year. Well, the first thing you got to remember and acknowledge is the other guys have, as Barry Switzer says, they got scholarship athletes too. Mm-hmm. And uh, those guys are going to be trying to make those plays as well. And they could very well, you know, again, year before last, we didn't make those plays. Last year we did. Well, we're not the first team that's ever done that. There's going to be somebody this year that didn't make the plays last year, makes the plays this year. Uh, and they're going to surprise everybody. They're going to be the Arkansas of a year ago. And, uh, um, you know, two-minute drill, I think we're going to be good at that. Uh, what I think about, and I won't again say worry, but what I think about is how are you in four minutes when you got the lead and you got to run for a couple of first downs? you got to run to win. Um, can you do that? Uh, those are, you know, you're going you're gonna to face that in one-score games. And one-score games when you play in a league where everybody's loaded with talent, um, I don't know that you can even base what's going to happen this week on what happened last week, much less base this year on what happened last year because other sides have improved too. But, again, this is a veteran group. This is a team that has been through this, and I think that's going to serve them well when these situations arise. But um, I don't worry about the general stuff with this team. They're well coached. They're well prepared. We're a good program now. We're a football program now. We're the real deal. Um, when Cincinnati scheduled the Razorbacks, they thought they were getting the Chad Morris version, <laughs> I promise you. Um, it's a little bit different now. And we're legit in that regard in terms of line of scrimmage play. I'm not saying championship level in the SEC yet, but we're legit. And um, so a lot of these general things that we really worried about three, four years ago, I don't worry about anymore. I think we've advanced beyond that to where three or four different things, three or four different plays are going to determine the outcome of the game. And I think that that's where the worth of this season is going to be determined. Legit. But are we too legit to quit? quit. That's, the qu- that's the question. I don't think they're going to quit. I don't think <laughs> they're going to quit. 
Man, I hadn't heard that phrase yeah, in a minute. It made me think of that. Pulling back and my out. deep, my deep, my deep wealth of knowledge yeah, about right. rap music, you know. That's right, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> deep reservoir. Yeah, exactly. Chuck, I want you to do me a favor. When we get into football season, and when you hear a new phrase that is eligible for air, you have to tell it to me and Tommy and explain it, and we'll see if we can figure it out what it means. <laughs> okay. Before. Right. Uh, before you give no. us the definition, I don't think too legit to quits anything no, new. No, that's uh, that's an old <laughs> nothing, one. Nothing really insightful there. No, it's no. pretty old school there. So uh, yeah, I just with with this team I, in all these close games, it is going to come down to not making that mistake. And you know, the old adage of the team that makes the fewest mistakes usually wins. I think is going to be more true. It's always been true, but as true this year as it as it ever has been in the past with Arkansas football. They had a decent, I'm going to pull it up real quick, they had a decent turnover margin last year, and hopefully they can be on the, the top category of that. Well, here's, here's the thing that I don't think you'll see from this team ever. I don't think you'll ever see them be awed by the moment. I don't think there's ever going to be a moment that comes up where you look at them and go, man, they just crumbled. They yeah. crumbled in their moment. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to make the play in that moment every time. The other side may make a better play, or you may make a bad play. But um, I don't think we're ever going to look at this team and feel like, gosh, this moment's just too big for them. And, again, that's coaching. That's how you build your program. That's what you do every day. It's how you practice. Um, and, and, and we're at that point now. Yeah. You ever get you ever get nervous going to the dentist? That that weird you out. It did well, when yeah. I, it did when I was four. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little calm. I'm a little calmer. A little calmer about it. My wife is that. That's one thing that just bothers her. Doctor Sparkman and Doctor Brogan over at Riley Farm Dental they they go above and beyond. They deal with this. And they understand it. For me, dentist chair, no problem. For others, hey, it's a, it's an it's a moment of anxiety. And they get that at uh, Riley Farm Dental. They know how to deal with it. That's one of the reasons they make sure they can do everything you need for you and your family right there in one place. Braces, implants, cosmetics. They can fix a cavity. They can clean your teeth. Do it all right there. And that means you're comfortable every time you go to the dentist. You don't have to go to two or three different dental offices to get done what you need. That's one of the reasons Riley Farm Dental has been voted top three best of the best every year for five years. So you can trust the folks at Riley Farm Dental. And on top of that, they're big hog fans. So, I mean, it's, that's another reason to trust them right there. 226-3500 is their number. 479-226-3500. Or see more at RileyFarmDental.com. You mentioned during the break that you had a beef that you wanted to get to, Thomas. So I'm going to let you let you get to it. Let's watch your beef Wednesdays. I mean, it's time to get fired up about a little bit. I, I know that you know, Chuck and I have kind of followed this, this live deal, uh, and you've talked about it some. There was a lawsuit that a federal judge yesterday dismissed uh, denying the temporary restraining order. Uh, so it was Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford. Not exactly. Say that last name. Gooch? Gooch. That's his Taylor, last name? Taylor Gooch. G-O-O-C-H. That's unfortunate. Uh, if you were a, um, you know... I'm not the mo- the most uh, attuned avid golf fan watching every hole of the Wyndham Classic last week, but you know these are guys that are in the uh, the top 100 of the FedEx standings. They won't back in now. They went and played, took the money from the Live uh, Tour, and they won't they won't back in to try to win that FedEx money. But I, I just don't. I'm, I'm just coming. I was thinking about this from our perspective, guys. I mean, we all have a an agreement with this company that if we're doing a radio show for. ESPN Arkansas. We're not going to go do radio shows for a competing radio station across town or across the state while we're working here. That's just 
part of what we agree. And that's not uncommon in many walks of life. Or most, I mean, if you work at McDonald's, you're not going to probably work at Burger King at the same time. If you work at one car dealership, you're not going to work at the Chevy store across the road. And I look at this much the same and still don't understand how these guys think they can go back and forth and how they're being displaced by all of this when they created all of this. You made your bed. You got to go lie in it. You, you took the money because it's tempting. And listen, I'm not saying I wouldn't have taken 20 or 30 or $50 million, but there comes consequences with your decision. And I think for a lot of uh, for for a lot of people, this this live golf deal that you're trying to understand all the intricacies of your casual golf fan. But to me, it just comes down to the basics here. You you can't work for company X and to, and also work for company Y at the same point. And I think that's exactly how the federal judge yesterday looked at it. You know, you look at this deal and the players that are playing over at uh, over in the LI. I say over in the LIV tour. And by the way, I I. I certainly agree with your point. Um, you know, you've got a collection of old guys, primarily, and young guys. Um, I think the young guys are making a bad decision. Um, I think Greg Norman's led them down uh, a path that they're going to regret taking. Now, I think what's going to be interesting to see is some of these collegiate golfers um, that come out. Will the Live Tour begin to basically fill out their roster with young college players who are not yet part of the PGA Tour. And will those players go play in the Live Tour, pocket some money, and then come back and try to play in the PGA Tour? I suspect we may see some of that. Some guys try to do that. Um, But, look, this is without a TV contract. Dead in the water. It's not going to make it. No. It's going to be like the USFL, the World Football League. Um, there's a lot of splashing, but at the end of the day, I think that's mostly what it's going to be. The thing they have going for them more than anything else is they, they have what appears to be just an endless amount of financial resources. And at some point, the money behind it will become disinterested. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. 
There's so much South Dakota, so little time. <laughs> 